This is The Business Machine, where we talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. We know that they, as high-energy, non-stop, inspirational leaders, are behind their well-oiled machines. We will get their tips and tools and also listen to their mistakes and how they overcame them. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines and create a great team so that our machines will eventually run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machine is firing up. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Business Machine and learning from our mistakes or your mistakes. And uh, this is Brian Town. I'm the host of Business Machine. And what Business Machine is and this podcast is all about is small business owners and entrepreneurs and really learning about the steps they took to get where they are today, their daily struggles, I guess. And most important uh, to me, I think, is the mistakes that they made along the way and what you and I can learn from from those mistakes. And um, so I'm glad you're here. And uh, with me today is Tom Stewart. And Tom Stewart is a professional manager and business coach with primary expertise in organizational design and operational strategy. And over the last decade, he's provided consultation to over 50 organizations in a wide range of industries. The majority were new or small companies. So Tom, thanks for coming. That's just a small portion of your bio. We could go on forever and the show would be over. But so if you're in this area and you're listening to this podcast, if you're in mid-Michigan, you know Tom Stewart. Um, He is involved in just about everything that is good and business related in Lansing. And and, uh, this is just one of his few appearances on radio shows. This, of course, the most important. Obviously. <laughs> Anything for Brian Town. <laughs> so, Tom, thanks for coming on today. Um, so, Tom, we're at a networking party, and somebody comes up to you and, and doesn't know you. In 10 seconds, somebody says, you know, hey, man, what do you do? What would you say? Uh, usually, I actually use a line, I help people start businesses. It's okay. even shorter than 10 seconds. So it Good. usually intrigues people enough to... Ask follow-up questions. So yeah, I look at that. And I, simple, and I think that that elevator. I hate the word elevator pitch, but that's the word that it usually yeah. describes that. But I think that's key because you want to really say something that's easy for people to understand, but then you want them to go, "Hmm, what's that mean?" Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, you know, I try to do the long version of uh, well, I run an incubator and investment fund, and I do this and I do right. that because we, you know, many of us entrepreneurs wear many hats and doing different things. So sometimes trying to give them. All of this information all at once, even if you could get it in 10 seconds, is overwhelming and yeah, not everybody understands. So I just kept it, started, just started saying, I help people start businesses, and uh, that, that seems to work pretty well. Well, and it's a lot better than going, well, uh, that's complicated. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't really work. So uh, this is going to be a hard question, too, because you have multiple companies, and I think there's multiple iterations of those companies. But, you know, take us to maybe that first not really even the first idea that you wanted to be an entrepreneur, but sort of that first forming of the, of the company that you currently run today. Right. So um, I, the story I actually wanted to tell um, about this was, so we, we own a holding company called Commonwealth Enterprises that makes pre-seed investments in, in a bunch of different types of companies. In any case, really, that came from um, a two-week road trip um, from Seattle to Las Vegas with a bunch of my high school friends and really what it boiled down to honestly how that all came about is we're like we have good ideas we're pretty well educated and intelligent folks why don't we just do this um and so that's really you know over the i mean as nerdy as that is the next two weeks instead of going crazy and partying all the time we still got drunk of course but (laughs) that that might help some of the ideas right instead of just partying all the time we really (laughs) talked about the best way to do that i mean um and so the, thus was born uh, a holding company, and then we 
made our first investment not shortly thereafter. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. It was just, uh, other people do this. Um, you know, why can't we? Yeah. And so tell us, you know, I, I know, um, you know, we have the Neo Center and then we need to talk about the medical um, investment yeah. company too, because I think that's important. But, you know, I, I really know you uh, with that that company that you started um, really is that then that came out, the Neo Center came out correct. from that, correct? Right. Yeah. So that progression happened. We made, um, Neo Center was our sixth total investment. Okay. So we made five previous investments. Three of them um, were epic failures. And, uh, you know, one of them we sold for about an 8x return, which was really good. So what we said to ourselves at that point in time was that there's got to be a better way. Um, And so we started looking. I mean, naturally, our research led us to incubators um, because what it said, right, you look at the National Business Incubation Association and they say in 80% of companies that go through an incubation program are likely to still be in business after year three. And 75% of those are going to be in business at year five still so we looked at that and said well maybe that's a model we can take to start scouting new investments and that that process in and of itself is probably useful for your portfolio companies so so if you can develop a good process a good way to take companies um, essentially from problem solution fit to product market fit right if you can develop that process then why wouldn't you be able to use that as an investment tool as well. Right. And so that's basically the long and short of it. Uh, that's how Neo Center came into formation was that we needed to test, we needed to create a process and then we needed to test it and we needed a place to do that in. And really in the Lansing area, there, there wasn't, at the time, all that really existed was a tick and they'd only been open for nine-ish months. Yeah, that was all during that same time. When yeah. This whole idea of incubators and startups, it's just so funny how quickly that took off. But you know, six months before that, you know, before there that time nothing. period, before the tick, zero. And then zero. the tick was yeah. the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's how the Neo Center kind of came about. Um, uh, yeah, just from, again, uh, keep testing and iterating on how we can get better really as an investment vehicle in the long run. So that allowed you to have the Neo Center. And those of you that are listening and don't know, the Neo Center and the tick are both um, – Small business incubators, and the tick is over in East Lansing, and um, the Neo Center is here in Lansing. It's actually where we're broadcasting this this from. So that allowed you to really not only have a business in itself, but also to see if that process worked for companies that you might want to invest in. I mean, you're kind of helping companies do well so that if you invest in them, they're going to be okay. I mean, that's kind of a win-win, that's, right? That's, that's absolutely that's correct. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and we weren't... As it turns out, even not, you know, nationally, even this was evolving around the same time. So Y Combinator is in its seventh year, and we started Neo Center technically about five years ago. Mm-hmm. 500 startups, tech stars, right? They basically do the same thing, right? There's a group of investors who created a, an incubator-type environment, um, and then basically they put them through their own process, whatever their special sauce is for that. Right. And then at the end of it, they invest money in them and the companies that seem the most successful. They usually invest on the front end too, but right. the really good ones they double down on and, and invest again in them. And that's so even that was evolving all around 
they just had billions of dollars, so they could do it. A right, lot so there's a little bit I of could. a disconnect yeah. there because there's that. Yeah, Here, we only had dollars. hundreds of dollars. They had, <laughs> they had millions to billions of dollars to do, to make it happen a lot faster than we could. But uh, you know that kind of theory yeah. nationally was evolving around all around the same time. So, and I think both those incubators, both this one at the Neo Center and also the one at the Tick, I think really has helped this area grow and allowed those businesses who then have grown since then move out into places in Lansing or at least in Michigan. And the same thing with the Neo Center. I mean, so I think having those two, I think having those two spaces has been very important to this area. Yeah, I agree. We've, so, I mean, just, uh, some random numbers or rattle them off real quick. Not so much random. Um, you know, we've serviced 32 businesses here at Neo Center. Right. 30 of them are still in business today. Um, you know, our total client revenue with only about two-thirds of the company's reporting is around $5 million and, and about 60 jobs. And that was as of November 2014. So we're still like, that's another six, seven months. Right. Some of those companies have still grown. At least six of those companies. So whatever that is, that's one-fifth, 20% of those companies are... Um, you know, have been placed in Rio Town or Old Town. Yep. Actually, pretty much exclusively. Though. I don't think anybody's gone downtown, but into yeah. it, basically into grown-up big spaces, which is exactly what we're trying to do. One one uh, client in particular, right, um, Piper and Gold, went from a co-working space to an actual incubator space to moving into Old Town, which is exactly how the funnel. I mean, that's exactly how we designed the funnel to work. And I love Piper and Gold's story too, because Kate was kind of like, eh, let's just see if this happens. Yeah. I, I'm just going to get a little space here to have office away from the house. And she's doing okay. Yeah. She's doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. she, she thought, she thought really she was just in, in between jobs right? and she was going to do some contract work in between and um, just being in the environment and being around other entrepreneurs. She was like, Oh, I could, I could do this. And, and I like what did. you say, being around other entrepreneurs, I think even if there was no program in it, either, either, either space, I think that, I think for us, since we are a product of both those places, I think for us, one of the greatest things that we'll always talk about it as far as our success is the connections that we've made simply by being in the same building. Yeah. They, uh, you know, I didn't coin this phrase, but it increases the likelihood of serendipity, right? Like it, yeah, yeah. It, I can't remember who wrote that, but uh, about incubators in general, but it, it does, it increases your chance that you're going to have a positive coincidence yeah, right. um, and meet somebody who needs your help or vice versa. And, and it creates a, I mean, there's a lot of bonding, right? Entrepreneurship is, um, can be real lonely um, without incubators because you're usually by yourself or maybe one other person and, you know, typically in your garage or in your basement or somewhere else when you're first starting and incubators draw people together and um, like-minded people usually together and it it's, creates kind of a commiseration and a camaraderie that you don't get. And I like that too, is that, you know, we, you know, not only working with people, so most of the people that were in both incubators, we've either worked with or done work for, or they've done work with us. So that's been a great relationship. And it's almost like at the Neo Center, you know, at one time we were a much larger company than we were because we had all these people that were right across the hall from us and they shared space. And so I think that's super important. And then I, I also like the fact that they're going from here um, or going from the tick and they're going to Rio town, which was non-existent, um, really not an area you would want to be down in. And now if you go down there just a couple of years later, it's totally different, full of new businesses, entrepreneurs, Lansing border, water and Lake. So a really yeah. cool area. It's a great, I mean, it's a great area. We were a little too early. We actually, one of our three epic failures was an art gallery. We tried to open oh, down there right, and, yeah. and we were about, we were now, about four years. So we were about four or five years too early. If we right. do, yeah, that's always, 
uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. We yeah. did that now kind of thing. I, I think we would be it would be a night and day. Sure, because there's more people. There's down there. way more people yeah. down there. Tell us just a little bit. Um, so that's not the only company. I do want to focus on the the medical device company too, because I think that one's one of one of one of the great successes that you've had, and it's working out pretty well. Yeah. That. So of course, what, what happens next, right? Um, in our in our big theory, <laughs> our big investment hypothesis, right? If you can basically double your chances of success of having companies operate and you know still be open after year three, like going from you know, a 10 to 40% success rate to an 80% success rate, like we talked about, you can tie that to an investment metric. So say you can, you know, may have a liquidation event, basically you can sell the company or your equity in a company in three to five years for a four or five X return. It gets really interesting. Um, and usually um, for the audience, right? Like big venture capitalists at like the 10 or a hundred million dollar level, they don't invest in companies um, pre-revenue, pre-seed, basically in the first three years because the, right. the statistics are damning. I mean, the, it, you, you, it's really hard. You're basically throwing money in the dark um, at that stage. So if you can reverse that and say, well, actually, we have a process that shows this success rate, this 80% success rate, and we've actually been able to tie that to an investment metric, um, really, really cool things might might happen. So quantum medical concepts basically was born out of that conversation I had with a, a chief operating officer at the Michigan State Medical Society. So they're, they're a 15,000, 16,000 member physicians organization, uh, physicians membership organization here in Michigan. Um, and so we're also creating another like more virtual incubator, but all the same resources, very similar resources are there, just not the space. We have access to the technical experts. I mean, 16,000 yeah, right. physicians. If right. you need a CFO, you know, yeah. They have a CFO. If you need an HR director, they have you know they have people. They have all this expertise on site that's easily accessible. They have a lobbying team. Yeah, I mean, like there's there's a you have the folks you need. Yeah, yeah. There's there's tons of stuff we can do there. Um, so what we're trying to prove there is that you can take a smaller investment like a hundred thousand dollars, and in three to five years, and you know make a reasonable rate of return around four three to three to five x is what we're looking for in about three to five years and um you know that's so we're trying to hit base hits and if that and that's because of the programming and the structure that they have and if you can see that and make that model work people might want to come in early if that can be applied is that's, that, okay. that's absolutely correct Got it. or you can work with larger venture firms that may have a hundred million dollars who typically shy away from right. these types of investments to diversify but the hey, portfolio and say hey we can actually de-risk these investments and you can be a part of the entire funnel. The second side of it that, that that we didn't think about when we were forming it is that if it works for a medical association, it could work for other industry sure. associations. So why not the Michigan Manufacturers Association? Why not a chamber? I mean, they have all of these. They have all the technical experts right there, so they could do a similar thing. And all of these associations, you know, our, our my generation in particular, right? We don't like paying membership dues. Usually you did that for knowledge, right? And internet has kind of changed yeah, a lot right, of that. You right, can right. find, you still need technical experts here sure. and there, but you can find a lot of information online. So all these associations are trying to find ways to increase non-dues revenue. Um, this, if this works here, um, there's nothing to say it wouldn't work for other specific industry right so you take the medical out of it it's really about the program it just happens to be that's what that's yeah that's where we started i I mean i think also medical is a good place to be right now in general also i mean it's an industry that's 
uh, rising in Michigan, rising nationally, but in particular, it's it's pretty popular in Michigan. I think there was an announcement just yesterday, Arboretum Ventures, which is a medical device, um, a med- med- medical industry investment venture firm. Right. Um, they're starting to raise like the biggest fund ever in Michigan. I believe it was two hundred thirteen million. Awesome. Which is yeah. huge. For yeah, Michigan. and it seems like we, you know, a lot of these competitions that we go to, Greenlight, some bigger ones around the state too. There's a lot of medical devices in there, and they usually are the ones that are up in the top winners or yeah. the ideas. And then Spectrum Health out of Grand Rapids, they're doing the Spectrum Health innovations, and so yeah, that is a big thing, and that's just happened again over the last couple of years. So. Yeah, it's been an interesting. I, I wouldn't have pegged. I had to learn a lot about the medical industry very fast. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't really ever pegged myself as somebody to be interested in the medical industry, but the more I learned about it, the more fascinating it was. You know, funny aside, right when I broke my hip uh, not too long ago, uh, that whole experience was eye opening too, just about what the medical industry, or well, at least the hospital system, is sure. lacking to in technology and. and well, I think it's just, business too, because you got all these experts that are good at what they do. They're good at fixing your hip or they're right. good at, you know, the medical stuff, but they're, you know, running a business for them might be a challenge. Yeah. And a lot of them actually don't even want No, they don't want, why would they? They don't have time. Why would they want to do it? They right. want somebody else that has the knowledge. So even though you don't have a medical background, I think what you bring to the table is just the general business knowledge and yeah. how to start that company. Yeah. And we're, yeah, we're basically trying to, I mean, as, as we've evolved, quantum is now in its second year. Um, you know, even if we evolved in like all startups, our pivot, we're actually looking at instead of being called like a venture firm or an investment firm, we're really trying to be more like a tech for profit technology commercialization arm. Right. Okay. So working with, uh, you know, Spectrum Innovations or Sparrow Innovations or even Spartan Innovations, these, these, these tech clusters and actually, you know, building a team around their technology as opposed to necessarily seeking out individual entrepreneurs. Yep. We do both, of course. Sure. I mean, we're not going to turn entrepreneurs away. But, but I it's think nice to have that team. Yeah, it's nice to have a dream team of entre- already entrepreneurs and people who have been focused in the, in the healthcare world and right. build a team around it and find those technologies. It's a little safer. I mean, that's how we would de-risk our portfolio. It's a little safer, too. Well, so what I liked, and this is probably similar to Quantum, too, what I liked about... Um, what they were saying at uh, Spectrum Innovations was, because we did some video work for them, is that all these doctors and medical professionals, nurses, they all have these ideas, and they all know how or what technology or device might make their life and ultimately their patient's life that much better because they're in it every day. They just don't know what to do with it. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of them, I mean, (laughs) I don't know if I should be saying this. Some of them, like, they'll actually bend instruments because, you know, they're like, oh, I wish this was a little more curved. So they'll actually just bend it (laughs) in the surgery and then use it the way they wanted to use it. So sometimes those little, you know, that's what we're looking for, too. These little simple improvements, these little simple innovations, you know, are, are... there's just so many of them. They just have to talk to doctors and be like, I-, I wish this did this. Yeah, and that's one of the things, too. I think one of them I saw there that was, like, amazing and everybody loved it across the country was a little clip that hung an oxygen bag on easier and on and off. <laughs> and it was just this little metal piece that doctors were kind of bending or nurses or staff were bending to make it work better. And they, then if you think about it, if somebody in a hospital here in Michigan needs it and, it, and it's something that they do, 
chances are almost everybody in the country could too. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Tom, that's great. I mean, there's a lot more that we could talk about on that, but you know, you don't really have an office per se. I mean, your office is here at the Neo Center, but also you're working in a lot of different locations remotely, but you know, with, with other people. And, but I want to, you know, want really want to see, cause I know when I was reading, uh, when I first started the company, I was reading uh, Zingerman's books and talk, you know, talk to those guys, saw those guys speak great book. If you haven't read it, um, but they always would sit down and plan out with their staff their 10-year plan or what their 10-year vision was. And I, I don't even want to call it a, a plan because it wasn't that. It was just like, hey, this is what our restaurant and this is what our shops are going to look like in 10 years. So what do you see your companies or company in 10 years? What what would you like to have it look like? Um, it's a good question. In, in 10 years, um, I would like to have our own 10 million, well, hopefully before then, but I would like to be at least have our own $10 million fund. So right now, you know, we're fortunate enough to play with other people's money. Um, but that of course has comes with its own strings and it restricts us, um, in what we can and can invest in. And we see a lot of different opportunities if we had our own fund. So that's one of it. I, I mean, I do actually at some point want an office and a team. Um, you know, I dream of basically having, uh, a subject matter experts in each, so like in communications and product development mm-hmm. in operations and um, having those experts, but also, so everybody has a client, everybody has more like an account executive, everybody has a business that they manage. Um, and then we all come together every Tuesday or whatever day it is and basically share each other's issues so that we're also doing yep. some of this like so everybody has their domain expertise and we bring that to the table and I say hey I'm having this communications problem with this client with this yeah. with this particular business, business right. and somebody else can help us solve that so we're all solving each other's problems and working together in a team in that way whether that's once a week or once every two weeks I, I'm not I'm not sure but everybody would be for an accountability reason everybody would have to be responsible for one individual business yeah. um yeah I mean I don't see us really growing too much over 10 ish to 15 ish people, depending. I mean, like in 10 years. Um, be nice to be able to, <laughs> these weird things. Um, in 10 years, it'd be nice to be able to work remotely for four months out of the year, um, like nonstop. So, like January through April would be great to be so able to. Maybe south, is that what you're thinking? <laughs> yeah, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in Virgin Island, somewhere <laughs> tropical that I could actually step away, you know, in 10 years sure. and have the luxury of. You know, I wouldn't stop. I couldn't. I could never see myself stop working. But no. um, just that I could travel a little more. I mean, that's that's part of. It's weird how freedom, <laughs> the idea of freedom develops over time. Because first, you know, like I want to be in. I want to be my own boss. So there's a freedom of me being able to come and go to my office as as needed. And now, now it's evolved to this. I want the freedom to work from wherever I want to, and still have a company that's automated enough that it right. runs without me there. Um, and you I know, think that's, that's a journey for a lot of small businesses. I mean, ultimately, that's where we're all trying to get. And I think that's ultimately the, the goal. I mean, that's how I looked at it, I should say, six, seven years ago. And that, that part of it hasn't evolved too much, right? I mean, like, if you can get yourself to a place where you can collect the same salary you do operating and you basically double that in profits, so right. you could just hire somebody to, do. somebody to do exactly what you're doing and still make that kind of money, I mean, that's, that's the automation you're looking for, really, is that, hey... I pay myself $60,000 a year, and now I'm making $120,000. These are real rough numbers. There's quite yeah. a cost. But I'm making $120,000 a year. I could Technically, I could hire somebody at 60000 to maintain this level of business, and I could 
hopefully. Yeah. If I hire correctly. Yeah. Well, I that's the key could, is yeah, getting yeah. the right people yeah. behind if you. If I could hire correctly, I could still collect a $60,000 salary for not doing a whole lot. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's your classic leadership. I mean, that's kind of, you know, my favorite quote, I think, and I have a lot of them because I'm that cheesy guy, but one of them I like is, is a great leader makes everyone around him better than they are. And I think that's the whole idea is that if you can do that, it's not like, it's not like I don't want to work. The whole idea is, is that you need to give this responsibility that you shouldn't be doing. Like what is, you know, what is your rate and what is your time worth and, and where are you most effective? It's not, you know, answering emails on every little thing. It's not, you know, but we all do it. I mean, we're all doing it right now and it's not effective, but that's, that's where we're heading. I think. Yeah. And that's, that's why I always say like I am an operational strategy and organizational design, right? Because my fascination with companies and sometimes it takes longer, but you usually somewhere between three and five years is automation, right? My, like I love building, I don't necessarily like following my own processes. Sure, but I me like, neither, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like building processes to automate businesses and that has, so that their founders and leaders can either A, focus on growth strategies now that their business model and revenue models are automated or mostly automated, uh, they can focus on growth or so that they could step, I mean, like that's, you know, I think a lot of small business owners' dreams, they do want to do some of their passion, but some of it is still that freedom. I mean, I think that's... It is. A lot of entrepreneurs get in it for the, the freedom to be able to deliver products they want. It's all, a lot of it's about freedom, varying degrees of it. So. And we talk to a lot of small businesses, and the problems that we try to help them with is that they're usually the one that's doing everything, and they yeah. just want one process that they can just let go and, and have it run on its own so that they can do what they want to do. And right. what they want to do is, is they want to grow. They want to help their team grow, and they want to help their employees. And so, yeah, automation is a, is a good key and, and something to really take from that. So if you could really say this was a really big mistake or if you could tell someone out there definitely do not do this what was that mistake don't do it alone that's one of my biggest ones i think um yeah it gets really lonely uh one of that's that's the you know we we tried for a very long time that's part of the other reason we started neo center was because we wanted we want it to be around people, people again yeah. too yeah. um doing a, you just have no, you have nobody to have a sounding board you don't um, you know there's you can go crazy it's cabin fever all of those things working from home um and coffee shops is is difficult um over time um so that's been my number one was was don't do it alone um there's also a lot of take time to rest was another one um in the very beginning you know you you, you begin to idolize um people who look like they work 24 seven. And, um, yeah, and I think it's that. And, and I, for me, it's always guilt. Like, Oh man, you know, here I am watching TV. I'm a small business owner. I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. It's, and it's really not true. Um, I, I think, you know, there's lots of research out there too. And, and maybe I just look for it because I feel that way kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. but let me see. What I can <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of research that suggests productivity wise that, you know, you should make more time for rest and renewal than, you know, and, and that it should be closer to a third to a half of your time, um, than just straight up working all the time. And, and of course, you know, these, these results vary from person to person, right. you know, another local entrepreneur, I think you, you and I know well, like Justin Kane, um, you know, he has that personality, that, uh, physicality really to be able to do that. And so some of it that goes along with this take time to rest is knowing your limits. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I, one of the, I mean, the real personal stories, right. I mean, like because of that burnout, you know, I, I almost got divorced. Um, cause I was not home 
Um, you and know, and I just wasn't home, paying attention. When you were home, you weren't home. Yeah, yeah. Was, and then I was in trouble. Yeah. So that I wanted to spend less time at home. Right. Um, there were there were these things, you know, and if I had to do it over again. You know, yeah, we only get one life, but <laughs> there's there's still balance you're you're trying to get out of it, and um, and you have other. I mean, some of us have other responsibilities to people, and and had to keep your friendships. I mean, my family. I, it was weird. It was a weird time. Yeah. Those first two years. Um, just really intense, and I wasn't paying attention to my relationships, and I, um, I, I regret that. I mean, I think I think that's really important. I mean, because otherwise you lose all your stability. So one of the things I always equate when people, people, people sometimes don't pick my wife for me because she's a she's quiet, she's introvert, she doesn't um, like going out and doing all of the social gathering stuff, and. Um, you know, she's my rock. So that's those things where, like, my 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 professional life is unstable as sure. it is as an entrepreneur. Every single day. Every yeah. single day is it's a different. different. You have no idea. No idea. No idea what you're going to come into. So, like, if you don't garden and, and water those personal relationships that you have with your friends and family, um, you know, you can lose that stability. And when your whole life is unstable, it's. It, I mean, it's a mess. Then, yeah. then you can't focus on anything, and it's no good to anybody. So. Having that again, that that all plays into this, you know, rest and renewal is a really big part of um, of everything that you, that you do. I mean, we do sports analogies too, right? Like you don't basketball players or pro athletes, right? They're on they're on performance time, like at their game, right? right? Like the other time is spent practicing and developing their skills, and then resting and renewing because you know if you just constantly stress out your muscles like they never. tear and they break and they'd never be able to make a performance right right, right. so I, it's a it's a similar analogy that you know your brain and your own psyche is not meant to be run constantly all the time you have to take a break and sometimes i mean the other research that suggests i'm trying i wish i could remember these books but that like all these breakthroughs actually happen during. after what well, during or after your rest and renewal when you sure. come back from being rested. So, yep. And that's a really hard thing, especially for people that are entrepreneurs like us and small business owners. Cause I think we all say this the right way. We think the same way. So our mind never shuts off Yeah, and it's like, Oh, what if I could do this? And then I could do this and I can do this. And I, I really got into trouble to where when it was really hard with the business and I was like, man, you know, what did I do? I quit a job to start a company that was, you know, what the heck was I thinking? And, and it was really bad and I was getting really down and I was like starting to look for other jobs, you know, and I talked to my sister and, and, and she's a professor in Georgia. And I was like, you know, Karen, this is just not going very well. And I'm like, what did I do? Oh, I should have never quit teaching. And she's like, well, you can go teach. She's like, you have a degree, you have your master's degree. You can always go teach. So she's like, either stop complaining or go teach. And so I'm like, all right, that's kind of a wake up call. But I also felt too, that, you know, now it's like, we're so busy and I have, you know, four kids and, and I'm always at home. It seems like I'm trying to do something and I'm in my head, I'm thinking, well, I've got to work really hard because I want to do this for them so that someday I'll be able to have time. But then if I keep thinking like that, I'm going to lose today. Yeah. It's an interesting um, paradox because what you just said there also, you know, I do what I do so that I can have I mean, essentially, we do what we do so we can make everybody else rich. <laughs> right. I mean, I, to not, we, we want, I want my friends and family to not have to worry sure. about money ever again. Yeah. That's part of the reason yeah, too. We, yeah. we continue to do this. Um, because I think some of that, you know, not to get way too philosophical, yeah. but, but 
money in a capitalist society equals again freedom. It, I mean, like it does. It, You're right. It does, and that's a big part. At, at a certain like, point, if I mean, we had a certain yeah. point, gets crazy, but. But I find that when I do spend time with the kids, so what I've been doing now, and I'll tell you how oh, this is kind of weird, but it's really helped me. There's this app called Headspace. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but no. it's, it, you've got to try it, dude. It's, it's meditation, so bear with me here. And that's totally not what I thought was my personality. I thought, boy, I can't meditate. That's weird, you know. But I got this app. It was free 10 days meditation. meditation. It's called Headspace. Oh, my gosh. It's 10 minutes a day in the morning. Sets up your morning routine. And I really think it's helped me over these last two weeks because it really allowed me to focus on sort of what was important and sort of set up my day. And, and when all these things start coming in, you're able to prioritize. And, you know, when I started to do that, I don't think it was just this, but I also, when I got home, I was really spending that time with the kids and hanging out and spending time with my wife. And then I felt that when I came to work, I didn't feel guilty. So I wasn't like, so at work, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I really didn't spend very much time with the kids, so then I wouldn't get any work done. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and that's, uh, that's been actually, that's really, um, point, that, that's a point well taken because one of the, it is a little bit about reframing um, your mindset. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I did after all this was saying, you know, I, I read, obviously, I, I, clearly I read some productivity studies and things of that nature, but also just saying like, and you see this on a lot of posts recently, like these are the three things I'm going to, say I'm going to get done today at yeah, work. I like and, that a lot. And even if I don't, like I have, I have this much time to get it done. If I don't, it'll still be there tomorrow. And it's, it's not, um, you know, it's not the end of the world if, if I don't. And it's hard, I think. And that's one of the things I'm working on too. And I think, you know, a, a lot of entrepreneurs too, for us or small business owners now is, is there's so many things that we could be doing right now. There's emails going off right now in my inbox. There's text messages on my phone that's turned off. I know my employees just across the hall need something from me. And so, but then I find if, if it's just crazy like that, I, I'm getting a lot done, sort of, but I'm not getting anything done. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I sometimes, actually was just doing this downstairs this morning, um, you know, you look at a, a task list or you're itemizing and prioritizing your day and sometimes you just, like, whether it's meditation or what, just take a deep breath and step yeah. back because I was starting to get this like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. Yeah, right I know. And it feels so terrible. so much going on. But, and then you don't do anything. Yeah, and then you're just like, oh, I, <laughs> ah, ah, I don't have an answer yet, but that's why we're doing this show. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. I really like that advice. And to me, that's super helpful because I think a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners probably right now are, sh- are nodding their head. And, and they're going, oh, my God, that's me. So what's the answer? Well, we're getting there. We don't have it yet. Hopefully some answers come throughout the show. What, you know, along those same lines and, and probably a smaller story, but what was something that you tried? Because, you know, I always like that uh, thing that, hey, this is great. Let's do this. This is a really good idea. And then it wasn't. Well, we've, we've actually talked about this a number of times. Uh, a for-profit incubator was, <laughs> was a bad idea. It was one of those things. I mean, so... It, when I was thinking about this show, you know, earlier last week and earlier this morning, and, um, you know, I, I honestly don't regret a, a lot of what has happened or the mistakes I've made, right, because they lead to future success. So it's hard yeah, to be like, yeah, baby, yeah. you know, what, what, got me, what got me here. That doesn't um, make it any – doesn't make it fun, though. No, no. So, you know, success is never a straight line, right? The path to success is never a straight line. So, you know, if we had to do it over again or, or what would I change, right? I mean, I, I don't – it's hard to say uh, we wouldn't do an incubator, but I, I think because um, we had to, like, we had to do it. But then also, too, you have successes that came from it, yeah. too. So you're like, well, gosh, what if I didn't, I, then this I, wouldn't happen. Correct. So <laughs> that's those things. Are, but I, what, what, I, what we found out from it is that uh, primarily that, A, I'm terrible at facilities management. 
Um, I'm, I'm not nearly what's called traditionally called uh, detail oriented. You know, I'm not. I'm yeah, but not that, that was yeah right. That's <clears> really not, that, not your role. I mean, that no, wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't think. supposed to right. be, but but it, it turned out that it was. Um, you know, we we thought we. That's it, typical. It's always funny. These things that you can't escape almost no matter what business owner. And we see this all the time when we're coaching, right? I mean, we thought we'd be far more successful faster. Yeah, that's really what it really boils down to. Oh, a couple that, months would be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, you know, we, we anticipated we'd be more full, faster. And we, yeah. we anticipated that more, you know, we had a preferred vendor program, right? We say there's these nine core areas of business, you know, like from HR to accounting to legal. So we identified these nine areas and we thought, oh, you know what we'll do is we'll just get preferred vendors in all these nine They'll areas. They can give the us time. like 10 grand. We got two. <laughs> we got two. So two out of nine. So we based some of our budget off of that. So, you know, things we had to pivot fast to, um, and then it got into facilities management. So, you know, I, I that's where you say like the incubator is this weird for me, um, this weird catch 22, this sure weird... Is place because yeah i mean like quantum medical concepts for sure would not have happened right and without this we would not have had it we would have been able to test our process and validate it right like without the success it's had the impact we've made is incredible um for a community like lansing and and um and if you were to scale that up i think incredible in general but you know i <laughs> If I had to do it over again, it's, 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 those, those questions are always like, well, I probably wouldn't. But how do you reconcile that in right, your right. brain? Because you can't. So yeah. it's hard when those, those questions are always hard for me because I can think of Neocenter is the most um, salient, the most top of mind sure. example. But well, because sure, you're living it right, right now, too. Right, living it, right. So, but there are lots of examples like that where you'd say, well, yeah, if I had to do it over again, I would probably do it differently. But, but you don't I, even know if that differently would have worked. Right. right. And I don't, I don't um, and I learned a lot from doing sure. it the way I did. And other opportunities came out of yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So, a lot of people that you met along the way. So, yeah, I know. It's not like to say, boy, if I could just go back, I would just say, no, let's, you know. There are, I, I can't think can't. of anything appropriate for the radio, for the podcast. <laughs> right, I, but well, I legitimately yeah. would say I would never do that. Yeah, again. right. I, I've got a few, too, but I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to share those. Most of, most of the time, it, it is, yeah, we just, you, the lesson here is that you have to learn to pivot. You have to be uncomfortable with the unknown, yep. and you have to be, I mean, you have to be patient and calm and I think there's a reason most entrepreneurs are eternal optimists because sure. oh, if, we you're all not, if you're not, you would go crazy. You would go like, absolutely If you good. look at the kind of stressful situations oh, yeah. day to day that people have to, sometimes, you know, like, do I pay myself or do I pay my employees in the early days? Oh, that's right? it. Yep. Like, yep. That's how much it. can I pay myself versus how much can I pay my employees? And, so, those yeah. are, and sometimes that, that is, well, you don't get paid this week. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, those are hard. I mean, frankly, right. These are the things like my first two years, I made eight grand a year for two years. I made 15 grand in my third oh, yeah, year. I remember you telling us that. Yeah. My fourth year, I made 24. And then my fifth and sixth years, it started picking up. And I, I, I do all right now. But Good. those are the things where you say, like, I mean, those were... That's tough times. Tough times. And I was spending too much. All these things yeah. combined with <laughs> spending too much time at work yeah, for yeah, not yeah. a lot of money. What a, yeah. Just a, wives, wives don't like that. No, they do not. <laughs> Spouses, probably, in general. It's probably not just wives. Right. <clears throat> um, you know, spending a lot of time at work for very little money, generally... Not good. Not good. <laughs> Not good. But it all panned out. It all worked out. So those are those things where you say, like, yeah, could I have done it differently? Probably. Would I be as 
I don't know, like, would I have the same lessons and be as prepared for the future? Yeah, probably not. Probably I don't not. know. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? Who knows? Right. So, Tom, what's, um, last question in the what not to do section, and we'll get out of this uncomfortable, <laughs> comfortable process here, but what do you think you personally have to work on as an entrepreneur or as, or as a small business owner? What's your biggest fault, and, and how are you going to fix that? Um, not even fault, but what, what things do you, would you like to do better personally? Articulation. Communication. Um, I think I, I'm also a closet introvert. Uh, so communication is not, I do a lot of thinking in my head and then I think that I've told people that but because I do so much thinking yeah, in my yeah. head and I haven't, I haven't told anyone that. Um, so with that, you know, like what I'm, what I'm been trying, these are these weird things that I never get time to do and don't make a priority as we've talked about previously. These, I'd like to do more writing and I think writing would help you know, these are things, if I write more, then that's how I'm communicating, and then it makes it easier for me to communicate verbally. Once you've got it down Once on I've paper, yeah. Yep. And so the better and faster I can write. I mean, I spend sometimes, because I'm, I'm weird like that, I spend like 20 minutes on it, probably fairly simple emails, because I'm really worried about my communication and articulation. And yeah, and email's tough, too, because you don't know how things are going to sound. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's the, that's my biggest one um, is definitely communication. I think I've already gotten one of the things in the past. You know, recently we hired an assistant, but delegating was yeah, a big one before. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I, I that was a bit for me harder because you know it's not a it's not like an account executive, it's not a salesperson, right? So you're thinking, oh, I'm spending X Y Z a month for this employee that really doesn't make money for me, but. The, the frame of mind I started getting into was that, you know, but they're giving me peace of mind, which is almost priceless. I know that sounds corny, but no, it's one I, of those things that, like, that, now I don't have to worry about this right. anymore. And, and I think also, deal. too, though, is, you know, Chris Buck, who, who comes over here occasionally and helps us with some coaching stuff, and I think he put it best is, is you know, what is that hourly rate? For you to do, you know, filling out, tracking, you know, running people down for rent, uh, sending emails, answering right. phone calls, you know, that hourly rate, let's say that's 12 bucks an hour, 15 bucks an hour for you to pay somebody. But for you, if you really could have an hourly rate for you, that might be 75 oh, or 125. Right. Well, and if you want to make a million dollars a year, it's $5,000 an hour. Would you pay somebody $5,000 right. an hour to respond Then to that's emails? the way that you have to look at those kind of jobs. Right. She's not directly, you know, bringing revenue through the door, but that's your job. Right. And that's why and Melissa's here on my staff. And that's yeah. why Jeff and John and is, you know, they're not salespeople, you know, but I'm not able to do the things that I need to be doing. And that's managing that team and making sure they're okay and going out and meeting, right. you know, and so it's hard to delegate. I, I'm, 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 I think I'm on the opposite end of it now too. So like I have to watch it because sometimes we get so busy that I have to take on projects and clients too. But then usually what happens is I'm like, Hey, Melissa, can you give me a hand with this? Cause she's so much more efficient. So yeah. I have to watch that a little bit. So, so Tom, let's talk a little bit. We, we spoke, um, about work-life balance and how you were working all the time in the beginning. That was really bad. And, and, you know, our work never stops as entrepreneurs. My cell phone goes off. I could check my email and the cell phone is part of that problem too. But, you know, how do you really recharge your batteries and make sure that you do have time for yourself, which is super important, and then your family? Um, so one of the ways uh, video games and uh, board games are big, gaming in general is a big pastime of mine. So I made, um, you know, it's a lot of it's discipline. So you have to, I mean, like you have to consciously tell yourself, I am like going to do this. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna relax. Now I'm gonna do I'm gonna play a video game for an hour or whatever. Like I and then the second follow up with that is that I'm I'm 
I'm not going to feel guilty about yeah, it because because yeah. I got a lot done today still or whatever like whatever whatever it is. So uh, that's how I recharge um, personally, and, and a lot of it's um, you know taking walks too. So if you talk about more personally, how do I I reflect and get insight? You know, we walk. We're fortunate to love, uh, live in a nice neighborhood, so we you know I take a walk with my wife and stuff like that, and then. You know, every now and again, it's um, travel is a big part of it as far as like with family. So yep, um, my wife and I uh, travel a lot more now, um, and that's all been able. You know, we're talking about rebuilding relationships, not really re- rebuilding them, but like um, reigniting them, kind of thing. Like with some of my friends, so we travel to San Francisco and Grand Rapids, and where some of our awesome. old friends have been, and getting breakfast with um, you know one of my friends. It, it's weird he moved back from um, Baltimore, or excuse me, Boston. Um, to work here at MSU, and now it's been about two years, I think, and we had not been, he was my college roommate, and we've been friends since second grade, but um, with him being back, it was weird, because at first, like, nine months, uh, nine to 18 months, really, he lives, like, two blocks from me, and we still, yeah. it was weird to readjust, to be like, oh, right, you don't live in Boston anymore, <laughs> I can you, come live, to you. <laughs> you live right next to me, so we started getting breakfast, you know, once a month together and little things being again it's intentional and, and disciplined um about that kind of stuff because it's important and if you just let the work take over it, it that's or that's what it does i mean it just takes over if, you, if you're not uh, disciplined with your time um you know other people will take it take it over sure. other oh, people's yeah. other people's problems other you know like your clients all this stuff will there's always more work to be done. So if you, if you don't and it's always going to be there. Yeah, and it's always going to be there. So if you don't set those those hard hard uh, barriers, then um, it it'll always happen. So yeah, we we relax with video. I relax with video games and, and walks and travel. I got to take more walks. I like that idea because I think when I do, we live out in the country there, and and uh, it's just gorgeous. And we could, we couldn't do it for the last month because of mosquitoes, but yeah. now that we can, it's been really nice just to go out, go out with the kids, and talk, and away from devices and, and yeah, distractions. Yeah, that's a good point. The other, so we actually, I actually stopped using my phone as an alarm clock because oh, that's a good idea. I found that I te- if I use it as an alarm clock, I it's the first thing, it's the last thing I look at. And it's the first thing I pick up. So you're checking. Up, yeah, that's a really good I point. I end up being on email or Facebook or yep. whatever right before bed and right before, or like before I do anything. So I started just using a regular alarm clock again and put my phone in my my home office and to charge. And I just don't even look at it yeah, until I'm done showering. And That's the biggest fault I have is that what I found, and I did it today, is that I'll, I'll open up my email before I shower right when the alarm goes off. And then all of a sudden there's something on there, and it's a client, and we got to do this. And it really sets me up for the day in the wrong way. Yeah, you, you don't get I'm your – I'm worried as I drive into work. Yeah, you don't get your focus. You don't be like, these are the things I need to focus on today. All of a sudden somebody's already infiltrated your brain with, yeah, yeah. Their, with their agenda, and you don't really get to – Like I'm already worried thinking about how I was worried this morning. Yeah. And that's driving me crazy. It's awful. So, yeah, I'm going to do that, man. That's a really good idea because I do use my alarm, my phone alarm, and that's that's a really good idea. So um, last thing before we get to the easy, quick questions here at the end is I, most small business owners, when I say, you know, our biggest expenses are employees, everybody nods. And then I'm always like, if I didn't have employees, I'd be a millionaire. But then I wouldn't have any – I wouldn't be able to get anything done. So it wouldn't last very long. Right. Um, so – how do you make sure they're your biggest asset? I think. How do you make sure that they're happy, and how do you make sure that you get the right ones in the seat? Um, well, the first part of the question: How do you make sure they're happy? One of, I mean, the the first um, obvious part of that is to pay them well. I know sure. that's a big 
hot button, been a hot button issue right now. You want engaged and happy employees. I mean, the, the first step is paying them well. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, obviously there's more to it than that, but that's step one. The second is engaging them. I mean, finding work that they enjoy and finding you shouldn't hire people necessarily just for, for convenience. You should hire them based on their strengths. So, you know, some of this is identifying strengths or the, the types of people, the types of skills you need for your business and then finding people who are strong in those skills. Um, and I think that's how they'll naturally be happy, right? People want to do what they're good at, Yeah. right? Yep. I mean, then that's how you engage them too is like, hey, let's give you – if somebody gave me tests, like fill out in this Excel spreadsheet today just doing data entry, right? Like, yeah. There's, I'm going to quit in <laughs> yeah, I don't two weeks, do that. right? Uh, and then 10% of the time you get to do some of this fun entrepreneur stuff, sure. but 90% of the time you got to do this data entry. There's no way. So, you know, engaging employees in that way. The second part of engagement, I think, um, you know, is actually trying to have a good time. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you, there's, there's I always of, think that we could do more of that, but <laughs> something, you know, it can't be all like rainbows, you know, all the time. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's, there's, there's a balance too, because, you know, like there's, there is, work. depending on the size of your company, there's work to be doing. There's some professionalism sure. boundaries as far as, you know, that's that's a lesson I learned way earlier when I was a, a student um, supervisor. So I su- supervised other students and was a student. And we'd have kids, you know, we had to work on a Sunday morning at 7 a.m. And they'd show up like two hours late and I'd write them up. And they're like, oh, man, how are you doing that? You were partying with me last night. <laughs> yeah, and you're so like, well, yeah, except up. for <laughs> I was here at 7 still and yeah, you right. weren't. Yeah, right. So those, you know, those are challenges you know, I learned as far as like, you got to balance, you you, want to have fun with your employees, but you don't want to have too much fun where they start not respecting you as their leader. And, and, um, so should we cut out keg stand Fridays at Michigan creative? I mean, you know, that's your thing. It works for you. That's why those, those engagement, those employee engagement programs are sometimes so contextual based on like what type of company you are, how many employees you have, who they are. Um, you know, cause the bigger you get as an, as a company to some, essentially some of the less fun you can have because it's just not the same yeah. environment as it, as it used to be. But and I found one of the things that I always um, felt was important, especially for the younger generation is that they, they, they want to do what you want them to do and they want to do their job really well, but they also want to feel like what they're doing matters. Yeah. And to me, giving them not just jobs to do, but, that and and it's more like that what you do helps build the company and and as you do that there's going to be more room and more responsibility for you here and we kind of give our employees free range to do that and and i think that's been a real part of our success yeah i think in the early stages for sure that's that's definitely important and we're still there yeah we're definitely at that early stage still i think wish we could go back a little farther but (laughs) all right tom thanks for that and let's get through our really quick questions here tom what is your favorite place to eat or drink here in town Uh, or anywhere Probably oh anywhere sure oh, well let's go here in Lansing since you're a Lansing here, here in Lansing, Lansing guy. is yeah. definitely the Cosmos and Zubies it's yep. a really new one but it's been my favorite for since it's open yeah us, us too yeah it's it's, it's just it's a great amazing. place when that pizza place opened up when Cosmos opened up next to that was, that was like okay I don't, right, I'm not gonna I go anywhere else yeah. exactly yeah, yeah that, they've done a great job of that place and uh, really like it so Zubies and Cosmos right down the street um, just before Old Town check that out yeah it's close too yeah which it's is awesome. convenient for us what is your favorite quote. Your it's actually, quote. so I don't consider myself necessarily a religious person, but it's actually a Bible verse, which uh, Luke twelve forty eight, which is, to whom much is given, much is expected. Um, that's where a lot of my business philosophy comes from. So I always say, right, like I was 
uh, fortunate enough to be born a white, straight uh, man into an upper middle class family really with uh, no, you know, that they stuck together so they didn't divorce. Yeah. Um, so I've been, you know, society generally uh, doesn't throw up barriers for me. You know, most of the barriers I have in my life are self inflicted. Are you put there yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, I put sure. there myself. So, um, you know, that's one of the things where, like, I, I'm always a big fan of the underdog for that reason. Um, you know, I, I was, believe it or not, a big nerd in uh, high school. And so really? I was a lot and under, underestimated uh, there as well. So that also fed into that. But, yeah, I mean, I think I've been given a lot. I want to take, you know, that there's more power and wealth and all those things accumulate, hopefully, for me. You know, I want, I want to use that to build power and wealth yeah. for other people. I like right? that a lot. That's, that's been my, and that's been my philosophy from the day one. It was, I have a, I've been given a lot, my, you know, through my parents, my family, um, all, you know, all of that. Um, and so I feel like I have a really big responsibility to empower others to have those opportunities yeah. as well. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I try to tell myself that it's like, look, you, you don't have any struggles. Like, you, you know, it's been pretty easy life for you. You, most of the mistakes, all the mistakes that have been self-inflicted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's only, it's up to us to be able to, you know, really seize that opportunity. And boy, there's a lot of people out there that have done amazing things that have a lot of obstacles right. in their way and, and they've done it. And so, yeah, I, I like that. That's a great quote. If you could meet and have dinner with any business owner, who would it be and why? Oh, that's an easy one. Elon Musk, because he's <laughs> like, he, he's a guy who is literally changing the world. Yeah. Like through Tesla and SpaceX. I mean, there's, there's no, there's just no doubt. I mean, the guy is brilliant. Um, yeah. Just to like pick his brain yeah, be for cool, like an hour. Give me some I mean, tips. Yeah. Take notes, record <laughs> just, it. Just, I mean, some of it is just do a brain dump with me. Just yeah. tell me what you think about it. Like and how just, you think about it. So I can, we'd like plug a USB in, yeah, you know, exactly. plug it in my arm. The That'd be sweet. Is, such a genius and then i mean he's you know he's solving problems that could transform the world i mean that's that's incredible that's yeah. a, there are there are very few people working on that kind of uh, and he's all he's doing it from a for-profit perspective so and there's just sure. uh, very few people who are, are doing that bill clinton actually is another one oddly that would be cool no that would be cool too. not so much that not to be the democrat republican but the guy is also just just to rent his brain for yeah like he's just a really politics aside. He's just a really smart guy. Yeah, he is. No, those are both great. I'd love to have dinner with either one of those. That'd be awesome. Plus, I'd like a Tesla. That'd be cool. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, can we have dinner and, and can you, can you, can you bring a car? You get yeah. another one. You got yeah. tons of them. Just bring one. <laughs> yeah, I'll just use it. I'll beta test it. Right. Exactly. What's a tech? What technology or app or device or software that you use that you couldn't live without? <laughs> this was a, another tough one because I'm actually, believe it or not, also not a very tech-savvy person. Uh, the, the What I thought of is, though, um, Pocket Informant, which is my project management slash calendar. Pocket Informant? Pocket Informant, yep. It's, uh, so basically, I looked for a lot of like to-do lists and um, things of that nature, but none of them really also were... So I have layers on layers, as we've kind of talked about, um, for tasks and assigning them. So there, there wasn't one A that could be as complex um, <laughs> that I needed to be. Right. Um, and then second, that actually combined with the calendar. So like I can, Pocket Informant allows me to open up 
click on a today tab and it shows me all of the tasks I've assigned for that day and what my appointments are. Cool. So it becomes part of my morning routine after I've kind of showered and I also meditate actually in the morning and yeah. stuff like that. I, I, that's one of the first things I open up and say, okay, so these are, these are the things I, I must get done today. And these are all my appointments, so I'm essentially so I'm prepared for the day. There just wasn't any other app that organizes data in that way. So good, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Pocket, it's pocket po- informant. Pocket informant. So yeah, and, and that morning routine too. That was a question that I wanted to throw in there too. I think is important, and everybody should really take a look at. It. If you just Google search morning routine or entrepreneur morning routine and small business owner, there's a lot of stuff out there, and, and not everything fits. Meditation right. might not work for everybody. Um, you know, setting up a task list may not work, but there's something on there that I think that morning routine is really important. Like, how are oh you going to set your day? And you know. If I can do it, I've got, you know, we've got two huge dogs at home, two cats, my wife and four kids. And so people are like, well, I got to do this. Like, you know, if you get up just a little bit earlier, you can have that morning routine. Which means that, so that's actually, that's funny. That's been my biggest challenge is the the discipline, the habit I'm trying to do, which means you have to go to bed. Yeah, that's really hard. That's been my, my biggest challenge is like, yeah, waking up early isn't difficult as long you know, as I don't go to bed at midnight then that's fine I always thought when I was younger that 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 going to bed early was just an old people thing but you know what it is is they just got smart yeah and they said you know what it makes a lot more sense to I get got, up early <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, like, I got stuff I gotta get yeah. done so well, Tom, A, I really appreciate it. And, and Tom's just a great guy. And, and uh, even if you're not ready to start a business or if you're not even sure that if, if uh, you need help, um, Tom just loves to talk to, to the underdogs, loves to talk to new business owners. He's really passionate about Lansing and, and the state of Michigan and, and uh, just been a great resource to have uh, here on our side um, and just a fun guy to talk to. So, Tom, how can people best get in touch with you? Right, so uh, you can always actually call me. That's fine. It's 517-862-3251. Be sure to leave a voicemail. A lot of people don't like to do that. Or you can text me. That's fine, too. Um, and then my email is tstewart at comwent.com. That's a tough one. It's yeah, it C-O-M as in Mary, W-E-N as in Nancy T. It's an abbreviation for Commonwealth Enterprises. Domain squatters are the worst, so that was the, that was the domain I could get for really cheap, and so that's what it. That's and you could always just Google search the Neo Center. That's... You could just Google Neo Center and and info at neocenter.org is a really cool. easy one that forwards to me too. So, well, Tom Stewart, thank you very much for coming in on thank the zero zero two business machine, and we will see you on our next episode. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.